Well, we have a new Intercontinental Champion, Shawn Michaels. And you know, I understand you're in the gym, hitting the gym real hard now, pumping the weights, running the Stairmaster, dieting real nice and hard, doing everything you can to stay in the best athletic condition that you can possibly be in. But you know what? When you step in the ring with Marty Jannetty, all that's going to do you no good because this isn't a contest to see who can look the best. This is going to be a fight to see who can survive. And you know as well as I do that you cannot beat me. I'm coming there for one reason and one reason only, and that is to kick your butt, to return the favor for what you did for me. And in return, the little present I'll get on top of it is I will become Intercontinental Champion. That's rock. Matt? Are you ready, Spaghetti? And are you Marty Jannetty? I... You know, I think for the first time ever, I, I, I am actually pretty Marty Jannetty and Spaghetti. I really think you should rethink that statement, Matt. I will ask you again, are you ready, Spaghetti and Marty Jannetty? I I feel like I should say I'm just ready, Spaghetti. Spaghetti-o. Well, I can I'm, say... I'm a real Chef Boyardee right now. I can now. say yeah. for sure that I am ready, Spaghetti, but I am not Marty Jannetty. Monty, are you ready, Spaghetti, and are you Marty Jannetty? I'm going to say Marty Jannetty. <laughs> spaghetti old. <laughs> All right. Well, we will brace for your apology at the end of the video. Just remember, by saying that you are ready, Spaghetti, uh, Marty Jannetty, you're endorsing the life and times of Marty Jannetty. Ba-da-da-da. Welcome to Fourth Times the Charm, where niches meet. I am your producer, Ben, alongside the director himself, Matt, and our Shea Butter has come to spread himself across us like he's cream cheese on a bagel. Hits Monty. Monty, Ooh, tell me yeah. about your week. Uh, it's pretty good. I discovered two new shows that I'm currently watching. Um, watching Young Rock Season 3. Which okay. I have a question for you, because you're our wrestling expert. Yes. Uh, and I started watching Barry. Uh, oh, oh, Barry! Yeah. Barry's I mean, a I, lot of fun. Is it? I really want to go back and watch the rest of it. Yeah. Oh, you, you guys it watched it? Really it? Oh, I didn't know. All right. I watched... Ben, did you watch all of it? No, I watched part of it. Same. Okay. Yeah. I think... Yeah. Apparently, the, the latter half of the seasons are like jaw-droppingly incredible yeah 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 like every single fucking hbo show you do this you fucking like star trek <laughs> yeah and star trek's good from the outset well that's a lie e- except for next generation but like they got seven seasons and from two onward it's good yeah from two onward voyager's good from season one yeah but no one watches voyager enterprise is bad the whole way through they stayed pretty consistent. Deep Space Nine is is amazing. I, I'm a, we're a Babylon Five household, okay? <laughs> well, I, I like Firefly, so <laughs> that's fine. Everybody likes Firefly. But yeah, my question to you, Ben, is: Could you educate me in a little bit of Lars Anderson? So, I know Lars Anderson the least of the Anderson family tree. Um, but he was an accomplished tag team wrestler and he was the co-founder of the Anderson wrestling family. Uh, he started teaming with Gene Anderson 
Ooh. And he decided to take up Gene's last name so they could be storyline brothers. Uh, after oh. Lars was done wrestling, the mantle would be taken up by Ole Anderson, who would become the booker of the Georgia Championship Wrestling Territory and would be the uh, the forefather of WCW on TBS, that show would be. So he was the guy that originated the TV show World Championship Wrestling was Ole Anderson. Uh, eventually, when Gene retired, Ole would team with Arn Anderson, and then they would bring in their storyline cousin, Ric Flair, into the territory. Oh. And then the relationship between the three of them would lead into the formation of the original Four Horsemen alongside Tully Blanchard. Oh, I didn't know Arn Anderson is related to... Well, he's not. None oh, of them not. are. Oh, no. okay, okay. But it's it's one of those weird wrestling families where no one's related, but they all say they're part of the same tree. So Lars, Gene, and Oli are storyline brothers, but mm-hmm. not real brothers. Mm, then okay. Arn is like their storyline nephew, not their real nephew. Okay. Ric Flair is Arn's storyline cousin, cousin, not his real know. cousin. Oh, okay. And then they have like another nephew or something, which is C.W. Anderson, who is once again not related to the Andersons. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, no, so, the I know because the show. I don't about... know. I don't know how he relates to the Rock, but that, that's yeah. Where it's is. the the show they talked about at one point in his childhood. Uh, Lars Anderson was hired by his grandmother, um, wife of the High Chief uh, Peter Maivia, and ah. um, his dad uh, was let go at, at this point of his childhood. His dad got fired by. Vince, uh, it's WWF back then because um, he was under contract with WWF but wanted to do his own thing in Saudi Arabia. And Vince found out. And uh, to emphasize it on the show, where uh, Vince uh, pretended was, you know, pretended uh, very happy uh, of the incident and um, was during their celebration of the first WrestleMania. Uh, Vince told uh, Rocky Johnson, uh, you know, could you help pull this knife out of my back? And just walked away. And uh, Rocky didn't understand what he meant. He thought he was just kidding. Uh, but at the end of the day, he, he canned him. And so when Rocky, according to uh, The Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson's side of the story is that, you know, when Rocky decided to go back, uh, to his um, mother-in-law's uh, the PPW, um, Lars was uh, the booker, the head booker on it, and booked him being the champion. And on his com- on Rocky Johnson's comeback fight, that he changed the fight, and um, Rocky was supposed to win his first match coming back, but uh, Lars went in and interfered and then pin went for the pin and then yeah and apparently during at that time ppw all the wrestlers there were not happy or fond of lars anderson so i was like hmm i'm huh. i want to see what this was about so I, it's 
I wonder how much of that is fabrication for the that, show. That, that's what I was wondering because I the stories I've heard of Rocky Johnson don't necessarily line up with that. But I don't. Well, that's know That's what today's enough. all about. It's about unveiling the truth about behind him. people's character. Well, yeah. we we'll we'll take some time for Rocky Johnson later on, but mm-hmm. we do have uh, a moi a subject subject matter for you today. Before we get to that, though, I want to yes. hear about Matt. And your escapades over this last week. Yeah, so so on the, on the podcast, there is something I, I really love to do. And that is to talk about some of the um, very niche things that happen in the underground music scene of Chicago. Yeah, this was very neat, actually. Neat is one of the words I'd use to describe this. Um, this weekend in Chicago, which it, in my estimation is like the home of modern live dungeon synth. That could be completely wrong. But I don't know where else any shows like this are happening. So, um, thanks to an, uh, an amazing individual who remain unnamed um, for coordinating the show. Someone that uh, I've I've met through this podcast. They uh, they actually decided to host yet another Dungeonson show. Now, in the past, these shows that I've told you guys all about have been in basements, right? Yeah. Now, in in the continuum of like thinking about these as really small indies, Ben, they they went from a backyard. And now they're in a VFW because uh, this actually oh. this actually took place at a bar that has like a little mini venue in the back. Nice. Um, so this is that alone is really cool. Like I genuinely I mean that like very genuinely the place to the fact that this was at a venue at like a bar in Logan Square in Chicago was so fucking cool. This was at Cole's Bar, uh, a, a venue Ben, you and I have, had never had the chance to go to when you were still in the city. Um, but a great venue nonetheless. Um, and this was another amazing night of dungeon synth and it opened with one of my favorite things to happen, um, as a member of this community, seeing these shows is I got to see a debut performance. Oh, really? Um, That's awesome. So nice. this, uh, the show opened with the debut performance of Lone Sentinel. Uh, Lone Sentinel is a project out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, which is a very uh, you know happy and loving place, um, but uh, they play a very, um, really fun, but like lusciously intense style of dungeon synth. It's not like the comfy synth lens, but it is more of that kind of like epic fantasy um, without leaning too hard into the dark ambience. Um, it's all recorded and played exclusively on a single keyboard that the uh, the gentleman behind the project uh plays on and opening the night i've in most of these shows i've gone to as well the crowds it's kind of like in to keep it wrestling related for the sake of the episode's thematic nature um it's most of the time it's been like japanese wrestling where the crowd's just been like very very appreciative but kind of just locked in right like not cheering or like going crazy just kind of like nodding along and then in between each song like fucking clapping their asses off in respect this was like a full American wrestling show because even during the first opening band, the crowd was so fucking pumped from the moment he played the first synth chord, the crowd blew up with That's excitement. Awesome. Uh, and for like a genre that, and I had this conversation with another member of the concerts, like, yeah, we're just at a show where like dudes are playing solo piano sets. Like, that's what's really happening here. They're just also using fancy synthesizers to make it epic. But that's what it was. And genuinely having a whole crowd be super hype about it uh, was super cool. So we open with just, like, the bare bones. It's just a dude 
and his piano. Right. Uh, and he's fucking Jim. Great at piano. Also a great guy. Shout out to uh, Mr. Lone Sentinel. You were wonderful to talk to. Um, he filmed his whole set, so I hope that makes it up online. Uh, if not, you can find some of the videos up on the Dr. Gore Wizard archives uh, from them and some of the other performers this evening. Um, great set. Crowd was hype as fuck. He actually ended his set with an improvised piece um, because all of his original demos that he released for the band uh, were single session improvised um, one take performances. Um, and wow. so in honor of that um, period of his career, of, of the releases from the band, the final track played that night was a uh, original composition made up on the spot. That's super cool. Uh, which is, and yeah. how did yeah. it compare to the other? It was fucking rad. It was, it was shorter than some of the other tracks, but it, it held up. I wouldn't have known. Um, the only thing that I would say that made it any different than the other tracks is that there was less elements. It was more like stripped back. Um, because he didn't have like the pre-programmed, uh, sure. like ambient beats from the synthesizer. Um, but like it, 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 it really encompasses how good of a piano player he is. Like, again, big burly man playing scary, like fantasy music, just a fucking rad piano player too. Uh, which was really cool. Uh, and then next up was, uh, the, the, the unofficial host of the, uh, evening, um, performing by their project Agalith. Uh, Agalith is a, I believe, Chicago-based dungeon synth project. I can't, uh, I'm not sure. Um, but this was the the middle ground. So we go from like just dude with piano to this was like dude with two pianos, very little lights, and a candelabra of lit candles with a projector playing like uh like a uh, Jodorowsky like B roll in the background. <laughs> Wow. It was just like, it was, it was just like shadowed, like fantasy shit. It was awesome. And he, and, and Agalith plays a much darker, uh, and not, I wouldn't say ambient, but much darker, more atmospheric version of Dungeon Synth that kind of really encapsulates that like brooding vibe you hear in some like the early Dungeon Synth where it's, it's less like fantasy adventure movie, uh, music and more like fantasy horror game like closer to like okay. castlevania um okay uh in a really cool way and the one of the best parts of his performance which I, I i do believe i posted on the uh instagram is he uh agalith dedicated a song to one of the friends of the lone sentinel uh performer because they sampled his one of his dungeon songs in like a hip-hop beat oh. and so in in the middle of this like super dark and atmospheric dungeon synth set, he he uh uh Mr. Agalith, I don't know what else to call you, um, goes like this one's for you, buddy, and then just busts it down with this like heavy, like hardcore hip hop beat. Or this like it might be a, it might be a break beat. You know, don't judge me if I'm getting this oh. wrong uh, the description of this wrong. But in the middle and the fucking crowd went ballistic. <laughs> i mean frankly there were like 10 of us but like we fucking went hard for that like five minute hardcore techno um subset uh, of the show which was sampling um one of his old music and then um uh Agleth ended with a cover of a, of a song by a band that we've talked about on the podcast uh 
and he actually broke out the vocals which is what also made his performance really unique uh utilizing like shrieking and hardcore vocals um over his sense to like increase the atmosphere he kept intentionally doing these screams and he would let the mic break where it would like you know like peek out on the uh on the speakers and just like turn into this literal like visceral whining noise that was like mostly just static but like you could still hear the warble of his scream behind it um fucking hurt my ears but it was really cool um and so all of that happens right right i'm 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 vibing and then i okay so let me set this up real quick actually differently so that that all happens and i'm like this is the fucking vibe the headlining band is a band called red horn gate now uh i don't know how big of tolkien fans either of you are is are either of you tolkien fans monty okay well so you guys you guys know how in lord of the rings when they're trying to pass the mountain pass and they get snowed in by saruman and then they have to go into the gates and go through the gates of Moria into Kazakh Dun. Yeah. Where he where 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 Gandalf <laughs> fights the Balrog and they, and yeah, they have to yeah, speak yeah, French. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 okay, yeah. 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 And Frodo gets stabbed by the spear. Yeah, that section. So the the band's name is named after the passageway they're walking through on the side of the mountain. So these guys are huge fucking nerds. Uh, it's the narrow and dangerous pass of the misty mountains that leads to the wilds of Aendor through the Ro- uh, Rovinian beyond. That's uh, an amazing name. So, yes. Okay. That's them. That's the quality of the name of their band. They're, they're, I have one of their vinyls. Um, shout out with uh, their Electric Wizardry split from like 2019. Um, and all of their music and a couple of their releases contains direct um readings from lord of the rings passages and they're in their books and like that's the vibe it's like very like epic fantasy dungeon synth like it's it's pretty it's like simple but it creates this like genuine like heady epicness to it that's like hard to describe and is extremely influential in the modern dungeon synth world these guys are in my estimate, one of the most popular and predominant artists in the genre um, when it comes to like wide scale appeal, right? Um, and they're from they're from Chicago, which is fucking awesome. And uh, just to, to again set the tone here, Ben and Monty, uh, the two the two members of the band yeah. um, go by Gundrum the Smith, accompanied by Dolum the Delver. I'm sold. Uh, I'm yeah. sold. Yeah, I, I'm I, curious. I, yeah. I, I, I do want to hear, uh, uh, Ben and Monty, I want you to, to pull up, um, the album I just shared with you and, uh, put on the song mini pillared halls, mini pillared halls. It's track two on the, uh, sirens of old release by red horn. All right. I got it. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Right, all right. So we're, we're dealing with some just like epic fantasy beats here right so not only did i know that this is what they sounded like but uh mr the smith um was in i shit you not full dwarven fantasy gear and he is a very like dominating figure in the room and he is in like 
like garb that people at the Renaissance Fair I performed at would be envious of. And not only that, but before the set came out, before a set started, he, him and some other members set up their stage, which had big piles of gold, a, a hand-carved uh, dwarven chest, a anvil, um, and like pickaxes that were just like strewn about the stage, and it was covered in candles. And so these gentlemen come out in full robes and full, like, Dorvan attire. Um, and the main uh, uh, gentleman, who I believe is the main writer, uh, Gundrim the Smith, um, wasn't actually playing anything on stage. Yo, this song's baller. This yeah, song. this is pretty, yeah. yeah. Red Horn Gate is This would be a great indie wrestling theme. Yes, it yeah. would. Or a great podcast theme. Um they they came out into stage and he did for their whole set like a full i don't know how long the set was like i'll say an hour a full hour long like interpretive performance as a as a um as a dwarf mining on stage <laughs> so he was like great. like so like you like you hear like the duh like where the beat kind of like hits like any of those moments where you're hearing the thing he was actually moving a pickaxe on stage to the music oh and like performing it and like he like did like a whole narrative narrative performance where he like mined and then gathered gold and then he at a point in the show came into the crowd and handed everyone a little electric candles which you'll see a really rad photo of on the instagram uh and walked the crowd through like a physical ritual together without saying a fucking word mind you this man's not speaking he's in a full dwarven outfit with a mask on and he like he has a big candle and got everyone in unison to to trace intricate shapes into the air with their candles oh. as like a crowd and it was like 90 percent of the crowd doing it i'm so jealous so Sounds okay awesome so that happens and then red horn gate so that all happens it's fucking rad and then as the show's going on, you um, you hear the um, the members of the band actually reading out from memory, not reading out, reciting from memory passages from The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Like, but like while it's being like washed out by like the hugely loud synths as it's like, and they, I don't know how he does it with the microphone reverb or something, but he sounded like he was actually reciting the lyrics from the top of a mountain. And it was like booming through the entire venue. And then at the end of it, they play one of their like super hype upbeat songs. Um, and the lead singer or not lead singer, the uh, Galdrum pulls out a giant bundle of inflatable pickaxes and literally starts whipping them into the crowd until like he's throwing them all away and then did a dance performance with two i think they were wooden but they looked metal who knows uh two like an axe and a hammer and was like doing a jig around stage while posing in epic fighting poses as the song progressed in this epicness while the whole crowd danced and screamed damn That's I, it was, i'm impressed with the showmanship here yeah, I didn't see it coming. I was used to like I was used to I like mean, that sad like, dudes that in basements. That sounds like a perfect live experience. Talk about guys who know like how to get a crowd going. Well, and and the cool thing is like all of my friends who are in the dungeon local dungeons and scene, um, like 
when I told them I was going to see Red Horn Gate, they went, wait, have you seen them before? And I was like, oh, not yet. And they're like, oh, shit, get ready. And I was like, what does that mean? And like everyone who I who I've also talked to who didn't come to the show, but know the like the ambience of Red Horn Gate are like, did they do the dancing? Like, was it the full thing? And like of the I've every project I've seen, there's only been like some of the harsh noise projects, uh, like um uh like Wayward Shrine or like Walls Painted Black have been like as intense or like Saren. Um they they're they're intense, but this was the first of like the luscious uh dungeons inside where they truly truly captured the fantasy the only other one that's come even close was goblin mage who you know didn't go to nearly the extent that radahorn gate went to but still captured this vibe by using like costume and aesthetic and i have to say it it Someone at the at the event, I think, referred to it as like a legendary night for live dungeon synth, and that is the best way to describe it. Like, this felt like like genuinely like an important moment when it came to like a live dungeon synth performance because not only were there people there, not only was it like at like an actual venue, like a like an established public venue, um, it was with a crowd of people who were hyped as fuck for it. And like, you know, again, shout out to the guys and guys in Lone Sentinel who performed his first show ever. Um, like he was like genuinely moved by the live reaction and like that set of the tone for a, an evening of just like genuine beauty. So shout out to Agalith for putting the show together. Shout out to Coles, Coles Bar in Chicago. Uh, and, and yet again, shout out to without question, the greatest act in live dungeon synth in the world right now, Red Horn Gate um you guys were fantastic to speak to as well i got a tape of hobbit christmas music from these dudes um and their record label rot records um so big shout out to them for fucking selling me that um and and i got a tape from them for free because they were just genuinely wonderful people so these dudes sound awesome do you know if they tour outside of i think they've done three shows ever ever like ben like i like i said i i'm pretty sure this scene only really exists in Chicago. And then there's keep the reporting up. Cause I I feel like you're really uh, uncovering things here. And I also know that there is uh, a repository of several of your live experiences and clips from your live shows that can be found on your YouTube, yeah, which over is, at uh, the Doctor Gore Wizard Archives, right? And, yeah, and uh, you'll see some debut. There's a lot of debut performances from some small U.S. black metal bands. I'm going to continue to capture this kind of underground scene in Chicago. If you're listening to this um, and you got small shows coming up, um, or if you're if you're any of the members of any of the bands we spoke to tonight, and you want to jump on the podcast and have a conversation about live music or your performance and what your uh, projects are doing. You know, contact us over on Instagram, either at Dr. Gore Wizard, uh, at, you can message me on the Dr. Gore Wizard archives on YouTube or at the uh, fourth times the charm official on Instagram. Uh, please reach out. I want to continue to cover and bring uh, attention to you guys making wonderful and incredible art. Um, and it's it's my my form of art is curating. Um, I'm not great at writing music. I'm not great at singing or playing music, but what I feel like I am good at is finding things that are unique and then sharing them with people and and talking about them. 
So if I can do that for you and your art, I'm more than happy to. And if you're listening to this, go check out these guys. Their music is incredible. Uh, and Ben, well, sounds how are like you? you're a fan, Matt. And yeah, if you guys fan. are a fan of our podcast, send us on our Instagram a screenshot of you giving us a five star review within the last week. And if you do, I will Venmo you five dollars. Holy, Holy shit. He's serious, too. This is the yeah. first time you're doing cash, eh? But it's got to be within this last week, all right? Oh. I will literally just Venmo you $5. If you want free money, this is free money. Just do that on our oh. Instagram. And you better follow wow. us, too. Because, like, come on. Get on free it, money. everybody. Get free on money. It. All right. Now, um... We're going, I'm glad, Matt, that you had such a positive experience. Yeah, I wanted to bring some levity to this episode. Because, Monty, we've started these podcasts, and I feel like every single week for the last few months, I ask you if you're ready, spaghetti, and (laughs) you answer with Marty Jannetty. And I don't think you really understand what that means. So, instead of doing something fun, we're going to talk about Marty Jannetty for the rest of this episode of the podcast. Hey, I um, just say it because he is, I only remember him from, I haven't kept up to date with this guy, so uh-huh. I'm learning something Monty, from you too. So what What do you yeah. know about, about pro wrestler Marty Jannetty, Monty? I just remember him as the Rockers. He did a lot of uh, high-flying moves with Shawn Michaels. Um, they were always very hyped during their promos, and they sounded very friendly couple of young guys and yeah when i was a kid i i enjoyed watching that because i always thought the aggressive yelling in the promos were kind of a lot so that's why that's how i know uh sean michaels and marie Janetti. and i've been through it since they had their feud i was as a kid i was heartbroken um on the verge of my on tears because they felt they broke up and yeah. So, Monty, um, I'm glad that you have such wonderful memories with this man. Born Frederick Martin Ginetti, February 3rd, 1960, currently 63 years old, born out of Columbus, Georgia. Marty Ginetti would not begin his career in wrestling until the early 80s. He uh, was a high school amateur wrestler, um, and when Auburn, his alma mater, uh, dropped the amateur wrestling program, uh, one Jerry Oates reached out to him and suggested that he try his hand at pro wrestling. And so Marty, despite being an undersized guy at the time, would train to become a wrestler, and he would debut in Mid-South Wrestling in September 1983. And for the next about year and a okay. half or so, he'd be floating in and out across different promotions, plying his craft. It wouldn't be until late 1985 where he would form the Midnight Rockers with Shawn Michaels in Ooh. Central States Wrestling. And these two ti- these two guys quickly modeled themselves after the Rock and Roll Express Um Famous and notorious. Uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, uh, arguably the greatest tag team of all time, who were characterized by their rock and roll outfits, demeanor, 
athleticism, double team moves. Marty and Sean saw that and said, hey, we can do that too. Maybe even take it up a notch. Anything uh, you can do, we can do better. They would debut in the American Wrestling Association, Vern Gagne's Minnesota-based AWA uh, in the mid-80s. In their 1986 to 1988 runs, they would get the tag titles a total of two times in the AWA. Uh, however... Their success in the company was short-lived, as in 1987. Okay. Sean and Marty would be signed to the WWF right around the same year as WrestleMania three. Hogan slamming Andre. Saturday night's main event uh, in its prime. Genuinely one of the greatest times to be a part of the WWF. Um, as like a fan, you mean? As a fan or as a wrestler, the paydays were great. So they were signed to the WWF, and they would be fired about six weeks later uh, because they stayed up way too late partying, and they kept showing up to work late. So they were fired, and they went back to the AWA for a year. In 1988, they would be both re-signed. Sean and Marty are back in the WWF. They dropped the midnight from their names and they just are the rockers and the WWF where they started out as once again, undersized guys. They were more enhancement talent on the tag team scale, but they would gain some momentum in October 30th, 1990 Sean and Marty would win the tag team titles from Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, the Hart foundation in a tag match that would never air and would eventually have the tag titles return to the Hart Foundation oh. invalidating Sean and Marty's win because the second rope broke in the first like three minutes of the match and the match fell apart. Yeah, as Ooh. it happens. Uh, December 1990 uh, would actually prove to be a pivotal year for Marty Jannetty. Does the name Chuck Austin mean anything to anyone? Chuck Austin. I can't nope. I can't say it does. Alright. It sounds like it sounds like a bad name for like Steve that Steve Austin might have used at some point in his career. So what I'm gonna send you guys right here, it's at uh two minutes and fifty two seconds, and I just want to hear your reaction. Let me know when you're ready and we can watch this together. Chuck Austin was a, an this enhancement. Disturbing video of the Uh-oh. fight shows something went tragically wrong. Oh yeah. After hitting the mat, Chuck Austin lay motionless. When I hit the mat, I knew my neck was broken and that I was paralyzed. Chuck says he told Janetti he was hurt. And as you watch the film, he approaches me. He leans down to me and he tells me to roll over. And I told him I couldn't. I think my neck is broken. And he proceeds to roll me over. The action went on. Janetti turns Chuck over so his partner can finish the match with a smashing body slam from the ropes. By then, the damage had been done. Chuck laid on the mat for 20 minutes before medical help arrived. Since wrestling is categorized as entertainment instead of a sport, no doctor is required to be at ringside. Chuck's fourth, fifth, and sixth vertebrae were badly damaged. Chuck Austin 
was paralyzed from the shoulders down. So, uh, Marty domed a dude in the head uh, and caused severe neck problems, uh, paralysis. Oh, he's completely fucked. he would yeah. sue Marty and the WWF for millions of dollars. This yeah. will factor in later. And it's also the first public incident on Marty Jannetty's record. However, to act like Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels were just being angels otherwise in the WWF would be uh, a little misleading. I, I've sent you guys a second link here. features the wrestler Brutus the Barber Beefcake. It's the interview that's titled, They Drop Them All on All the Broads and Get Them Back to Their Room. <laughs> the Rockers... Love those halcyons, man. They freaking boom. They drop them on all the broads. What? And then they get them back to the room and then they'd be passed out. <laughs> and they'd probably take their laundry off and they'd have a good time with them. And they'd throw them out in the hallway. Wait, what? Yeah, so <laughs> needless to say, they got in trouble in a few hotels. Well, okay. So, so you have Brutus Beefcake uh, talking about the hilarious hijinks of 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 Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty raping Shawn women. Michaels and Marty Jannetty uh, date raping women by dropping halcyons, and then and then and then openly and admitting to throwing them out into the hallway. Yeah. Uh, so that's what they're doing while they're working for the WWF, which makes you wonder what were they not getting away with they got them fired the first time around yeah wait wait a minute yeah they got fired they got fired once this is what they were doing while they were working for wwf and if it just in case if you're wondering if this is just brutus making something up and that marty would never do anything with halcyons let's see what happens when marty's talking about someone else's halcyon story Joshua has a good question. Do you have any stories about the Dynamite Kid? I just interviewed Outback Jack, who was uh, bullied pretty bad. But... Where the hell is he at these days? Man, I miss him. Yeah, He's out. blind, and he lives in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, with his wife. Did you say blind? Yeah, he's unfortunately he's lost his sight. What? Oh, that sucks, man. He, so he can't see how ugly he is. Whoa! Oh, whoa okay. <laughs> All right. Outback Jack had but, but I didn't mean it like that. I, hey, I love you, Outback. Outback. One time when I first went to WWE, oh, uh, he was he was across the we were in a hotel bar, you know, right there. So that that was the best when the when they had a nice bar and all the bitches. Uh, all the women would show <laughs> all the up, women. and and you know you hang out there, and you get drunk. All you do is take the elevator. <laughs> what floor are you on? Three, four, three. You know, you can that tell was the he's best. Like, if and I we was at one of those. Here, I'm more screwed. Than and we look out the window is. because there was You're a gonna commotion find out, going Matt, on. That actually, Marty and, does and, not And what's his name? Uh-oh. Outback. He was naked at the donut shop, like Dunkin' Donuts or whatever. I think it was Dunkin'. Uh, it might have been Krispy Kreme, but whatever the hell it was, he's over there naked ordering donuts. <laughs> I love it. You can see the Marty. people doing like this. He named himself on Zoom as Marty in the house. <laughs> what are they supposed to do? Uh, this is a man naked wanting a damn Krispy Kreme. There's a naked man who wants a Krispy Kreme. <laughs> that was when the uh, house yawned him, right? Wait, what? Back then, yeah. Yeah, so that hilarious story that Marty's cracking up about is because they roofied uh, Outback Jack 
And what the fuck? Yeah, uh, and he thought it was hilarious. Well, of um, course he did. So, now, before we started wa- recording this podcast, we watched a match of Marty and Sean from 1990, from the height of their popularity, kicking yeah. some Bolshevik butt. Uh, I mean... They may be a mess behind the scenes, but they can work, guys, right? Yeah, I, I feel mean, like we yeah. can all admit that. I mean, genuinely, like, they are pretty solid workers. So, uh, what what happens from here is a rift is getting wider between Sean and Marty. Okay. They travel together, but it, there starts to get to this point where they really don't like each other um and there's been a number of stories as to why the rockers break up yeah uh i was reading something about how marty wanted them to go to wcw to make more money oh, um, how dare and sean he? didn't want to go even though they both ended up staying i, I it's muddy which means yeah. there's more to the story than i know yeah but which makes sense which we might I, find out I, about in the upcoming about, dark side of the ring the one i read about was yeah they apparently wanted more money from wwf um but yeah Shawn michaels was not not having it or something so yeah, yeah. it's it the the timeline makes me wonder Mm-hmm. Um, especially since 1992 wasn't really a banner year for WCW either. Uh, but it was on January 12th, 1992, where after breaking up a fight in a hotel between Marty Jannetty, Shawn Michaels, and Roddy Piper, which was broken up by the Macho Man, would we'll love to be there for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that on was a great night. Brutus Beefcake's Barbershop talk show. Oh, okay. I was the like, Rockers, oh, yeah. after a strained relationship, both on and off screen, their partnership comes to an end when Shawn Michaels super kicks Marty Jannetty and he sends him through the barbershop window. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn my back to you right now. And if you want to go on your own, then walk off and leave. If you want to stick together and make this thing work, when I turn around, we're going to shake hands and we're going to go on a rock and roll like the rockers can do. They need each other. You know that. Sounds fair to me. He's not going to walk away. They need each other. alive at this yes. time yeah what, how, how how did you feel when party marty 
was thrown through the barbershop window. That was, um, like, mind you, I only followed the storyline. I didn't know any of the backstory. Of course, there wasn't an internet back then. And, yeah, it's not like... Wait, I, what? <laughs> I picked up uh, a pro wrestling magazine to just read gossip and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, it was like... It was the moment where, you know, Brutus was trying to sell it that, you know what, you guys are good friends, blah, blah, blah. Um, why are you fighting? Why don't you just be, you know, shake hands. Um, and again, I'm just saying this based on what I re- recalled from when I watched it. Um, yeah, so Marty extended out his hands and Shawn Michaels, shit, uh, you know, and pie is really selling it and the crowd is just like going crazy trying to get them to like become together again so Shawn michael shakes his hand and then they you know they're the crowd cheers and then um they both raise their arms and then uh you know they're both arms raised uh they go, go separate ways to face the crowd and then next thing you know bam the sweet chin music um, came, and that shocked everyone, including me, a younger version. Yeah, how, how did it feel for you as a kid? That was was like, like, I was so devastated. I was like, oh, my God. Did you think <laughs> they were going to get back together? Yeah, I thought, like, back then, I didn't think it was a storyline. You have to be a... Yeah, you naive. thought it was just I was real. just like, oh, okay, they're going to be, they're going to be making up. They're going to be friends, and yeah, so... You, yeah, you that believed in the sad. true heart and love of friendship. Yes, yeah. And you got so. destroyed by the power of comedy. Yeah, like, I have to admit, there's a part of me that I still can't go back and... I haven't gone back to watch, re-watch that clip because it did uh, leave a mark in, the, in my head about it. But now, you know, knowing that that was just all part of the show, you know, so... It's different. Yeah, it's different, so... But I still remember, like, it was, I think it was my first time, one of my very first times seeing um, Blood. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I guess that's true. Marty was, like, completely, his mouth was busted open and everything. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. I was just like, holy shit. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, Monty, uh, think back to then. Did you remember that after this horrific scene marty Janetti just disappeared from wwf television for like six months i don't remember that but i did know that there was a huge feud like the promos of them like wanting to kick each other's ass and stuff like that but after that yeah he kind of just faded away from wwf like it just kind of like disappeared and stuff. i wonder what happened uh yeah, I, have, I even I don't know. Like, I didn't see him on the weekly shows anymore, and Shawn Michaels' character as the HBK yeah. um, started to boom, like, started to get really big. Well, and, yeah. the Barbershop incident airs January 12th, 1992. It was taped in late 91. Mm-hmm. On January 25th, 1992, 13 days after the airing of the Barbershop incident, Marty Jannetty is arrested in Tampa, Florida. Quote, his female companion, a 19-year-old named Angela Uh Ialaki, 
was arrested for trying to use a fake ID. Gennetti assaulted the officer performing the arrest, which led to his arrest. They were found to be in possession of less than a gram of cocaine. Gennetti was okay. charged with possession of cocaine, possession of drug paraphernalia, and resisting arrest with force. He was mm. indefinitely suspended by the WWF, and his singles matches that were taped in January did not air. In March 1992, he was sentenced to six months of house arrest, and shortly thereafter, he was fired from the WWF, making it the second time that Party Marty has been fired by the WWF for his partying antics. Oh, Truly living the the rocker lifestyle. To the uh, extreme. But never fear. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Sure yeah. is. <laughs> uh, but October 12th, 1992, Party Marty returns in one of the all-time best return segments, appearing in the back of Shawn Michaels' mirror like a ghost coming back to haunt him uh, to attack him. Uh, and incidentally... Uh, accidentally shattering the mirror in Sean's manager's Sherry's face, prompting the next several month long story arc between the two of them. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And Sherry is just like constantly complaining. Look what you did to my face. (laughs) That's right. Sherry though would turn face and join Marty's side in the 1993 Royal Rumble event. Uh, Shawn Michaels wrestles Marty Jannetty on this show, manages to retain the title, but it's what happens after the match that is important. Okay. Mm -hmm. After the match, Marty Jannetty says that he was asleep backstage. Okay. Shawn Michaels blamed his less than stellar match. And Marty being so-called asleep in the locker room as Marty wrestling fucked up on drugs and being passed out in the locker room. Uh, Well, that seems accurate. He goes to Vince and says, hey, Vince, Marty's passed out backstage in the dressing room. And considering this is while the company's in the midst of their steroid and drug scandal, it does not take a lot. For Marty Jannetty to be fired a third time <laughs> oh by the Lord. WWF. By his best, by his previously, like, not, I don't know if his best friend's the right terminology, but like. His partner. Yeah, his partner. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig, however, uh, a, a, a drug addict himself. Uh, but Mr. Perfect, hey, nonetheless, he's, an, he's not an addict, he's an enthusiast. For Marty Jannetty. <laughs> And so on the May 17th, 1993 edition of Monday Night Raw, as we saw, not only does Marty Jannetty return to the WWF again because of Kurt Hennig, but also in the match, it's because of Mr. Perfect that the same night he returns, he finally wins the Intercontinental title from Shawn Michaels. and. For being a pretty fast match, it's pretty hella good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, it's it's amazing that in spite of all this controversy backstage between both Sean and Marty, both yeah. of them could wrestle their asses off. And it's probably partially because they're wrestling so hard that they're doing so many drugs. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. He has the title for about two weeks, loses it back to Shawn Michaels. 
And it's from here that Marty pretty quickly plummets down the card. He has one more uh, title win in the WWF where he finally wins the tag team titles in January 1994. But it's not with Shawn Michaels. It's with the 1-2-3 kid. Uh, and then they lose it one week later in Madison Square Garden. So oh, his oh, yeah, final yeah. title win is in January 94. Now we remember the Chuck Austin bump uh, yeah. where dude broke his neck. He ended up suing WWF and Marty Jannetty. That lasted all the way into early 1994 when Chuck Austin would win a lawsuit for just under $27 million Jesus. against the WWF. Uh, in February 1994, Marty Jannetty was arrested on WWF's European tour for attacking uh -oh. hotel staff over a phone call he was trying to make to his sick father that was not connected correctly. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and he was then promptly fired by the WWF, making it the fourth time Marty Jannetty has been fired. Was it the charm? Did it work? Did he stay fired this time? Well, he comes back <laughs> oh, no! one year later in September 1995. Did he follow? No, the I think he, before that, I remember seeing him on ECW. He did have a yeah. brief run in ECW, Monty. Very heck? good. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Making towns, man. Yeah. Uh, so he returns in 1995 and he forms this is the death sentence. For any oh. wrestler, he forms the New, New Rockers, Rockers. with go. a young Leaf Cassidy, who would later be known as Al Snow. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. shit. Yep. Okay. It was also around this time that he would turn heel. Okay. And serve as a foil to Shawn Michaels in the lead up to Shawn's signature 1996 title reign. Wow. So at this point, he's being used as like side story fodder to further Shawn Michaels up the card. So, well, that makes sense. It's really 93 is Marty's fall from grace, but we're still seeing it here in 96. Uh, so December. Got, just to, just to confirm the count. So he got hired again. So this is. His yeah, this time? is the fifth time he's been Holy hired. Shit. <laughs> However, in December, and this is a big one, guys, because this is the first time that Marty has asked for his release, oh! which is granted after he is uh, eliminated first in his Survivor Series match and is really just used as extra talent. So he requests his release in December 96, and it is granted. So that is the fifth time Marty Jannetty has exited WWF. He's next seen on the national scene uh, in the first half of 1998, where he has a mid-card run in WCW. Uh, still wrestles really well. I just want everyone to know, Marty's still a great wrestler at this time. Uh, he was fired from WCW while he was rehabbing a shoulder injury. So bad on WCW. Mm -hmm. Next... <laughs> We don't, yeah. we don't hear it from Marty Jannetty. keeps going. We don't hear from Marty Jannetty for a long time after his oh, WCW no. run. And the next article I find about him is from Tuesday, June 22nd, 2004, titled Mar... <laughs> 
I just noticed this. The article titles it Mark Genetti. Oh, no. But for the sake of it, I will say Marty Genetti baptized, saved from suicide by Shawn Michaels. Holy shit. Marty Jannetty, former WWE wrestler, was baptized and saved last night at the Athletes International Ministries Convention at the Radisson Resort in Phoenix, Arizona. I I always forget how how much Shawn Michaels loves Jesus. Shawn yeah, Michaels, Gennetti's former yeah. tag team partner in the Rockers, was in the water and associate and assisted with the baptism. Oh, of According to Gennetti, he had been struggling with personal demons for many years and was considering ending his own life. Marty mm. borrowed a friend's cell phone and began calling family members, including his brother and his girlfriend, to say goodbye. Quote, I wasn't telling them it was goodbye, but that's what it was for me, end quote. After making oh. his calls, Marty decided to pray one last time, although it hadn't seemed to work for him in the past. During his two-minute prayer, the cell phone rang. He checked the number on the phone, but didn't recognize it, so he didn't answer. Um, when he got back to his friend's home, he handed him the phone and told him there was a call. His friend checked the voicemail and then handed the phone back to Marty. He handed me the phone back and told me the message was for me. In an amazing turn of events... The person calling was Shawn Michaels himself oh, trying shit. to contact Janetti. Hmm. Was he uh, trying to make sure he was okay or was it something worse? Quote, I had been trying to get hold of Marty for a while, but he is hard to find. Recently at a show, a guy in the dressing room said he had seen him. I told the guy to get me the number and put it in my bag. I told him to not leave that arena without getting me the number. Yeah. Um, Sean then called Janetti to ask him if he would join him at the conference in Phoenix that was the call Marty received while he was praying. Wow. So, uh, Sting was also there. So, that Sting okay. just also happened to be there. So, Marty Gennetti or Mark Gennetti. Mark. <laughs> I like I, I like Mark. <laughs> so he's this will this will be the new Jesus up Marty Gennetti is yeah. Mark Gennetti. Okay. So Gennetti's back, baby. And this is followed up now that he's been saved. He's welcomed back into the WWE fold. March of 2005, in the lead up to Shawn Michaels' historic WrestleMania match against Kurt Angle, Marty Jannetty comes back and he wrestles Kurt Angle on SmackDown. And guys, dude can still go. Yeah, Yeah, like surprisingly still has. I mean, it's not the greatest match I've ever watched. No, but but for a dude before him. It was actually a pretty, pretty yeah, awesome job. Yeah, yeah. he, he well, and held like, up and what you expect to, to watch in a match like that is something very like depressing. And it, yeah, it was like to the credit, it was actually like pretty solid all the way through. Yeah. yeah. And so, because of his amazing performance, um, in March of 2005, he was signed to a new WWE contract. So he signs in March of 2005. Marty Jannetty has been baptized. He's been saved. And then July 6th, 2005, he is fired after being arrested following a DUI, uh, as well as a follow-up domestic incident with his girlfriend, making it the sixth time he has been fired by WWE. Jesus. Yeah. So, so he got the DUI. Is it the fifth time? 
because this, no, this, this, this is six. No, this is six. This is six. Yeah, tr shit. trust me. I'm I'm keeping count for you. Don't oh, worry. God. Ben's got a chart. Don't worry. <laughs> he got the DUI, and then there was a domestic dispute. But because he also had the DUI, they took him in, and because they took yeah. him in, WWE fired him. Okay, so you know, that's uh, great. That's, so, that's the real WWE way. You got someone in your in your company who's really struggling and could probably use some support. Just fire him. So we're going to try again because really it was just a series of circumstances there. So February 20th, 2006, the next year, he returns to WWE and they use him once again as the Shawn Michaels fodder for his rivalry okay. against Vince McMahon. So it's uh, Vince McMahon is making the lives of both rockers a living hell. He shows up for one or two shots in February and then inexplicably he disappears from the storyline. Uh -oh. um, so after his return on February 20th, as of March 3rd, WWE issues the statement that they have severed all ties with Marty Jannetty and they do not provide any further explanation. The rumor is that he failed a drug test on his first show back. Mm. Oh, um yikes let's fast forward shall we yeah. to september of 2006 in september of 2006 there, there's a little bit of uh drama oh, on the little? wrestling epicenter website september okay. 8th 2006 marty Jannetty spent four months in jail due to drug abuse pedophilia oh Ooh. Many fans were perplexed oh, when no. the rocker Marty Jannetty was brought back to WWE programming earlier this year, only to make a select few appearances. The plan yeah. all along was for Jannetty to become an active part of the roster, even at his advanced age, to help elevate and teach the younger wrestlers the ropes. The WWE has done this recently by bringing back Tatanka and, to a lesser extent, putting Dave Fit Finley back in the ring. So why didn't... Okay, that's... That's wrong... Fit oh, Finley was what? the cornerstone of the women's division. So, like, screw this guy. Anyway. So, why didn't this happen for Marty Jannetty? In the WWE, Marty failed a urine test the night of the Kiss My Ass Club segment, where he oh, laughed really? while trying to act upset. Days later, the WWE issued a statement saying they have cut all professional ties with Marty. Days after that, Marty posted on his MySpace that he had to go take a drug test in Leon County, Florida, that was the last anyone heard from Marty until July. Yes, four months later. The Ooh. violation, as Janetti claims, was he was taking painkillers that he did not have the prescription for. Others speculate it was a more mind-altering drug or alcohol. In the past, Marty had been given a no-drinking rule by WWE as he was prone to showing up to shows intoxicated. In fact, it was his know. being intoxicated in the locker room that led to him being released from the WWE 1993. That's the Shawn Michaels match one. Okay. Marty has come back to MySpace, and after about a month of sounding clean and sober, his irrational behavior has begun again, posting as his cat Mustafa and what? mocking female fans <laughs> of his who have been big posters on his blog since he first got MySpace ages ago. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Janetti continues to post blogs saying he's going back to the WWE, but if the general theory of those who are looking at his posts through regular and not rose-colored glasses are true, the WWE will be hiring a 46-year-old man who has not grown up, has not matured, and is on a path of destruction due to his own demons, or nobody else's fault but his own. On top of that, 
Gennetti has attacked his former website and its owners by saying they were only helping him for their own gain. In a statement uh, issued by that website, they revealed that Marty Gennetti was requesting naked photographs of a 15-year-old black Canadian girl and asking her sexually explicit questions. While he was in jail, they had to go out of their way to convince the 15-year-old girl and her mother not to go to the police. In response to this, Gennetti insulted the owners personally, calling one a rat and the other a disappointment. Hard to understand why this guy faded away while Shawn Michaels is still a main eventer. Mm. And it's a shame that this happened in 2006 because, unfortunately, I can't read anything, of course, from that long defunct website. Or can I? (gasps) The past week has been crazy. First, Marty Jannetty turns on me. I feel I had been a good friend to Marty, so I chalked it up to him having a rough time of it this year, regardless of if it was his own fault or not. But what does that mean? And this is the most mid-2000s thing I've ever read. But he attacked my girl on top of it with no oh, provocation. Oh, shit. That's the line. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I posted this story, which I initially didn't believe, but new evidence that arrived around the same time made me believe the story very well could be true. With the level of anger from Marty that I received, I now believe the story is true. Um, Hmm. Let's see. Editorializing, editorializing, editorializing. It sounds like what this podcast is about. (laughs) My claim, as it appeared on my website and blog was that Marty was inappropriately speaking to an underage child. In fact, here's exactly what I said. Quote, Marty Gennetti was requesting naked photographs of a 15-year-old black Canadian girl. And here's the evidence to support that statement. I don't want there to be evidence to support that because it's fucking gross. Yeah. If your body comes close to as nice as your face. Oh no. Dot dot dot. I swear I'm coming to seal you away. Dot 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 dot. You are so beautiful. Please, dot dot, please send me some more pics of you, any and all that you will. You are hot as hell. Just just (laughs) just make it end. Just just I'd never want to hear you say any of those words ever again. And there's there's a lot more on here that I will not. I am like uh, go physically into. uncomfortable now. Great. So, uh, so this article was posted on September. Let's get a date here. September 14th, 2006. Oh. Guess what happens up on September 15th, 2006. I don't want to know. I, he, he did something bad. Monty, what do you think happens? Knowing what's happened to Marty Jannetty this whole time, what happens to him on September 15th, 2006? Come on, this I should don't be an know. easy I one. I think I was, I got out of wrestling, so I don't know. What did he get? Of course, he signs a WWE contract. Again, oh, seventh time. Eighth time. Eighth time, eighth time. <laughs> holy shit. On September 15th, he signs a contract to work with younger talent alongside Rodney Mack and Brad Armstrong. <laughs> I'm like I'm so upset. What day was he released? 9/11. He 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 cannot be fired 4 days before he signs the contract. <laughs> Though it's pretty close, Matt. Monty. Uh, I don't know, 1 month. 
Uh, he was released 10 days after he signs a contract, September wow. 25th, because of a court order preventing him from traveling on the road, per Jim Ross, which makes Ugh. it the eighth and final time Marty Jannetty <laughs> has been fired by WWE or has been granted his release. Double. So fired seven times, requested his release once. He That's double the fourth, fourth time. time the the yeah. That's yeah. incredible. So he continues to make a handful of one-off appearances for WWE between 2007 to 2009. Um, but I would say the career-defining moment for him might not even be the barbershop window. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's this promo I just sent you. Uh-oh. And the lead-up to their bragging rights match uh, U.S. champion The Miz and his former partner, Intercontinental champion John Morrison, are throwing barbs at each other over okay. who was the ultimate member of their tag team on their former show, The Dirt Sheet. Hi, I'm John Morrison. And at bragging rights, I'm going to prove why being the Intercontinental champion is far superior to... But Miz, wait a minute, you you got a championship. Is is that thing real, buddy? Did you get that on WWEshop.com? Is that <laughs> Yes, it's real. And I'm your United States champion, the Miz. And welcome to the return of the dirt sheet. WWE presents a new concept in a pay-per-view called Bragging Rights. It will determine which show is far more superior than the other. Is it Raw or or is it SmackDown? And we will also determine which former member of one of the greatest tag teams in WWE history is superior. The Miz? Or John Morrison? Everybody knows that I was the star of that tag team. I agree. And throughout history, great pairs have broken up, one going on to fame and fortune, and the other fizzling out into obscurity. For example, Mork and Mindy. They were Robin Williams and what's her name? And then, of course, we got Bill and Ted. Ted, of course, went on to become Neo and crack the Matrix. And Bill, well, he went to the unemployment line, which is probably where you'll go, oh, Miss. And the list goes on. Wayne and Garth. Yeah. Regis and Kathy Lee. Oh, no. And nobody could forget about the Rockers. Marty Jannetty, Shawn Michaels, The Rockers. Why do you keep saying it? When they broke up, Shawn Michaels went on to become Shawn Michaels. While Marty Jannetty went on to be, well, Marty Jannetty. Whoa. And at bragging rights, I will prove that I am the Shawn Michaels and you, my friend, 
are the Marty Jannetty. Oh my gosh. Well, God, you played this into the story line? Yeah, shit on his soul. Never had sweet merchandise like I got. So uh, that's all. That's all we really need from from oh, this video oh here. Oh my god, this is um, pretty sad. Yeah. So it was here where, and it had been said by wrestling fans for a while, sure. But it was here that WWE turned being a Marty Jannetty oh. into an insult. Marty Jannetty's yeah. legacy uh. from here turns into a punchline. No. And to add insult to injury, they brought Marty Jannetty in for his final WWF oh. match right after this to lose to The Miz. Jesus. Oh. Yeah. No. Nail uh-huh. in the coffin. Nail in the Nail coffin. In the coffin. That and is that... the last time Marty Jannetty has been seen. Why did on, they let him come back if he's a pedophile? On on WWE television. So your question then is probably, well, what's Marty been doing since then? No, you know, I was I was just really wondering if he was in prison or getting federally investigated by the FBI. He, uh, there was an article out there. <laughs> we're we're, we're that, not there yet, actually. Oh, we'll oh, show him jumping the gun. There, yeah, there's an article about the pedophilia act. Is that they he Marty Janetti claims? I just looked this up that his his uh, Facebook account was like hacked. No, 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 no. We're getting we're getting right. to that, Monty. We're not there yet. Okay, we're right. we're getting close though because it's around this time that. Marty Janetti starts getting really active online. He oh. posts forum threads, which were going long, so I won't go into them because they're long and rambling. I mean, it's like proto neocon uh, ranting. No. Not even about bad things. It's like WWE needs to take care of their workers. Okay. Yeah. But it's like just this rambling nonsense mess of words. Um, like I said, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah, right? Jeez. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, 2012, uh, Marty Jannetty posts rambling tirade on Facebook talking about how many drug-related deaths there have been in the pro wrestling world. Um okay someone just posted this and basically leaving me to comment and you know what we gonna go from fizzucking playing tonight and having silly ass fun to getting my ass pissed off and back to earlier posts where I'm telling my any fizzucking one who wants to debunk my view in any damn way step your ass in line and let's go and show what you got dot 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 Oh, what? No, he's gone full Bam Margera. I, for one, lost 70 friends, 32 of them being close and about 12 being like best friends, dot, 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 and got too many, ain't too many of anyone anywhere other than like my brother Gino. Why? Well, this is just so sad now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2016, he joins the class action lawsuit against WWE to, uh, get them to pay for, uh, uh concussion damage brain that's been injuries yeah yeah, yeah the, the brain injury lawsuit uh a big class action lawsuit against WWE trying to get them to uh pay up for the history of concussions it was thrown out uh pretty easily um also in 2016 it was notable because party marty ended up partying in dallas 
during WrestleMania 32 week. Um, and there's a picture from Lance Storm's Twitter page. Okay. Of Marty Jannetty just hanging out in a fountain. Oh. Just he's That's... just standing in a water fountain <laughs> with <laughs> people waving their hands, presumably trying to get him out from there. Presumably. Presumably. Going surprisingly oh. VP'd in there too. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. September 2018. The weird daughter thing. So I wish that wasn't a statement that made a lot of sense in this podcast. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not, for those who are listening for the first time, I don't mean like this podcast in general. I mean just this episode because. Yeah. It, Marty's Facebook is what seems to get him in trouble the most. Uh, with social media like, is a virus hey i'm only posting this because i just got asked again if sean aka hbk and i ever had sex since some of you think he's gay <laughs> truth is i don't love dick i doubt he did and that's why the gay community called him the pitcher not the catcher lol but so we roomed together one trillion plus seven times i saw him perform only with ladies <laughs> oh my god what a screaming endorsement. Now stop bothering me with those silly sex questions. I'm all about the ladies. Ask my neighbor girls, LOL. Oh. Mm. Or is he or if you referred to them on national television, bitches? Well, <laughs> let's see how he referred to potentially his biological daughter. Oh, shit. This sounds like Trump. <laughs> if you loves me as much as I loves you, you will give your opinion. Just did DNA testing two weeks ago. She's not my daughter. We both held out of sex because you don't do that. No, no. But now that we ain't? No. From a guy's side. No. She's fucking hot. But she's been daughter. I want to too, but can't get past that. What the fuck? No. I'm... (laughs) Like, duh, I want to check out of this episode. I want to leave now. <laughs> like, this is making me deeply uncomfortable. This is getting very dark. No. Okay, I rarely do this, but gonna ask your advice. She claims 20, which in Bama is legal. But does what? she look 20 to y'all? She Stop. said her mother is a huge fan of mine, but she, I... but she will see, but she will F me first. See, this is the shit y'all don't got to deal with. Do you think I don't want to? But not trusting on the age. Uh, it was then after this that Marty said, Oh, I'm, I was totally hacked. Um, and and this, this wasn't me. But judging the other things he's posted, it seems like... Pretty consistent. Like, like that was Marty. Pretty good. Ma- Monty, if you ever say you're Marty Janetti again, I'm just leaving chat. <laughs> I'm not going to say that anymore. <laughs> uh, in 2019, Marty Janetti says that he's in trouble with drugs and alcohol again oh, and needs no. to stop, but doesn't want to go to rehab. He posted I didn't know to Twitter, we were doing a true crime episode. Noting that he's been, yeah. quote, partying way too much lately. 
indicating that he's been doing so since WrestleMania 35, which was two months ago as of this writing. Janetti alluded to drinking, smoking pot, and doing cocaine, saying that he has been going through withdrawals and has embarrassed himself at public appearances. No Gennetti shit. went on to say that while he does need to stop, he won't do rehab as he's done rehab twice. The first time was for drugs and alcohol, and he says he, quote, ended up roughing up one of the counselors for being a dick to a sweet young 19-year-old boy who was trying hard. What the second the was for sex addi- addiction and ended up getting sexually involved with her. He added that he is having heart issues and, quote, will stop, but is trying to wean his way off so it's not dangerous for him. What the fuck, dude? What is happening? That was 2019. Let's talk about 2020. Wow, I'm, like, in pain. BleacherReport.com, police investigating ex-WWE star Marty Jannetty saying, quote, I made a man disappear. When he was 13. I remember Jannetty said he was working at a bowling alley when he was 13 and that uh, he purchased marijuana from a colleague whom he believed to be gay. He then said that the man dragged him around to the back of the building, which led Jannetty to retaliate. Quote, that was the very first time I made a man disappear. They never found him. They should have looked in the Chattahoochee River. What the so uh, the police looked into this and essentially said that Marty's full of shit. <laughs> well, that's just wonderful. I'm glad he is peaceful of shit. He's a liar, but probably not a murderer. Yeah. Oh, great. What, a, what an endorsement. April 11th, 2021. No, there can't be more. <laughs> Marty Jannetty is at it again, and it appears he hasn't slowed down his partying ways. The former rocker hit up Facebook for a little revelation about his drug use. Thanks, Marty. OMG, almost all these loved people here are partying. Most offerings of loves by drank. How long can I hold off till after the show? Plus, I'm single. Some of these innocent ladies are showing me too much till after work, lol. Definitely will be moving back to Tampa, Clearwater for me, across the bridge. P.S. One bruh brought me a salt shaker full of coke. I don't do that these days during shows, dot dot, lolol, dot dot. Nah nah, unreal. Don't do it much now at all, sometimes, dot dot, lol. (laughs) Uh, he's also posted in 2019 he took a selfie of himself uh, covered in cocaine in case you needed uh, further I just just want him to die oh I'm glad you said that Matt 2022 February 22 Marty Jannetty suffering from major health issues yay I mean boo but yay um, uh, let's see, uh, one post on Marty's Facebook from his friend, Mike Watford confirmed that Janetti is suffering from health problems. He's said to be recovering in Columbus, Georgia. His doctors attempt to diagnose several concerning symptoms. Uh, Watford said that Janetti is refusing to go to the hospital at this point. He's suffering from swollen feet as well as back and shoulder issues. 
He noted that Marty's waiting for the doctor to be able to tell him why he's having so many simultaneous problems. I can only guess. Yep. Yep. And let's see what the latest update in 2023 is from Marty Gennetti. Uh, March 30th, 2023. Quote, I'm a WWE legend with several girlfriends. One asked me to cut back to just three, but I said, hell nah. <sighs> And not for nothing, but last night I was given an ultimatum from one of my ladies I actually want to keep. Won't mention oh. the name, because then that chicken head fighting starts. But she said that she'd go against her standards if I cut my girls down to just three, she'll stick around. I'm gonna vomit. I actually thought about it, which ones to cut loose, then realized... Hell no, I didn't ask her to cut back. It's a help to me that she has two other guys. So I said, wherever you're leaving to, do you need a ride? LOL, she hung up and hasn't called back yet. LOL, she'll be back. Guaranteed. As Kurt Hennig, aka Mr. Perfect, used to say, no brags, just facts. LOL, loves and misses you, Kurt. R.I.P. Fucking... I hate everything about this man. <sighs> there's there's one quote which I feel really ties up the Marty Jannetty story well. It was a review of a now out of print DVD documentary mm-hmm. of of him following him around. It was released around 2006. Okay. And it reads quote His tales of excess just pile on top of one another. At certain points, viewers will find themselves yelling, Marty, dump the girl, or don't do that last hit of crack. Of course, Marty never does dump the girl and smokes the crack and pays the inevitable consequences. And now, later on this year, in just a few weeks' time, Dark Side of the Ring will have their 10th episode of their fourth season, exclusively about the life and times of party marty Janetti, a uh, real life version of someone destined to live in neverland and never growing up uh monty how are you holding up there uh, i just feel really sad like you know like you hear a lot of these stories and you know, from a lot of other wrestlers who have, you know, gone down these paths. That's like all of them. But it's just really, really sad. Um, yeah, this sounds like a lot of, uh, a lot of cocaine use. And it's yeah. really messed up his head. And, you know, like, I, I, I hear where Matt's coming from. Like, you hate hearing about this, but it's... You know, these mental health and, and just men, like these issues, they, they are very serious, especially you hear them oh, yeah. athletes and stuff like this. It's just, uh, it's just really, really sad. It's just not a fun time. Yeah. And like, 
see hearing about him not seeking the proper help that he needs it's just because uh, like i have i've you know i have friends my mm-hmm. old friends that have gone down this path and, yeah know, they have like when you know they start mumbling things and start posting things and you're just like um you feel really bad about them now i don't know if it's all related to drugs but yeah some of them like there are still friends that i not not like friend friends that i stay in contact but friends that i knew in mm-hmm. high school that you know i i still feel bad for um that every once in a while i'll see their posts um and like it's like it's become a cycle of mm-hmm. you know like they are in the hospital because of the depression hit hard yep. and then when they come out of the hospital they seem fine they're like they want to go up but it's like and, and Matt, you know this based on yeah. mental health. It's like up and down, up and down. It's just yeah, constantly. You feel like I, I don't. I sympathize with them. Like I feel yeah. really bad. Like I hope they get better. Like with all uh-huh. my heart. It's just, yeah, these kind of stories. Um, Mari Janetti, yeah, Mar- I didn't really hear much about him after wrestling and and all that stuff, but. Just I'm happy based on based on fond memories of his professional career, like going back yeah. to what we all agree on, this guy can perform. He, mm-hmm. And just watching him on screen is is it is what it is. It's a show you watch. You and it is a great performer. It's kind of like you know how all the Hollywood stuff scandal, the Me Too movement, had knocked out a few of these guys. But you know you can't. Not saying that I support some of these uh, actors, like actors like um, Kevin Spacey, who I admired for the longest time. Um, yeah, and piece then of all shit. That. Yeah, it's just uh, you. You wonder if they need help. They need to seek some rehab. Uh, need a doctor that can, you know. For 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 me, like it's like I I feel. I, I feel for them too as like as like victims of like mental health but it's yeah. like in and it's like all that i i can get behind to support them but it's when they're hurting other people no i agree i agree. that's that's where it's too much like, like I, the, I, I like I, the sympathy <laughs> i have disappears yeah like when the news when he what ben just read about how he he refused to seek help yeah that's not an like, excuse because it didn't work the first or second time it's not an excuse you know you need help. You need to see uh, a professional uh, to help. You know, get get your body in track. Like, mm-hmm. like um, for example, I watched uh, like Jake the Snake. He was one of my favorites, mm-hmm. and I do know about his past. And I do, you know, I I heard about his storyline with him and his daughter's relationship. And, yeah. Um, the movie The Wrestler was kind of uh. uh a, uh, right. a telling of his story like i feel really yeah. sad for that but now mind you and uh, for everyone including ben i don't know what's jake up to but the last i heard he got better he's doing good he's, he's doing good yeah, he, he, he got he works better. in uh aw now so he works in the number two promotion he yeah. helps people with interviews backstage he's a teacher he got his life cleaned up and, oh that's you know good. i mean yeah i mean yeah, you know DDP 
probably added 20 yeah oh yeah, yeah 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 sure. he like, saved his life and razor uh mm-hmm. two. like that's where i last left heard of his storyline like i knew he was getting better i knew ddp reached out god bless his soul um to help you know bring this legend back right and like i heard he wasn't there his, uh with razor as well to like clean up and they both um unfortunately for razor but that's another story but you know, mm-hmm. like it, it was, it's good to see like some happy ending uh, of, you know, people who would admit that, you know, I fucked up, I messed up in my life, but I, I took, I, I worked on it to get better. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Jake Roberts is an anomaly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Most of the tragic figures in pro wrestling end up closer to a Marty Jannetty oh yeah oh yeah and i mean no i agree with you and to be fair marty is an extreme case yeah but yeah but part of or he's one of the extreme ones there's like yeah there's others out Mm -hmm. there for sure i mean yeah but i mean marty's marty's on that fringe Mm -hmm. um he's it's it's depressing because if you want to be a fan of wrestling you got to yeah. take the Marty Jannetty's yeah. in stride. And the thing that's fucked about Marty is that he he really never grew up. It is that he did some heinous, horrible things when he was young and when he was in his prime when he was with Sean. And yeah. he just, whereas Sean cleaned his act up and found Jesus, you know... Marty didn't Marty just kept doing it. Um, and, and I don't know that there's really some sort of, some sort of lesson to be learned from it beyond don't be Marty Janetti. Like, like I think the lesson, I think the lesson here is like, if anyone out there like needs help, you know, really consider it because yeah, it may not be, it may not be your fault to to the point where you are, no matter what kind of life you've had or has put you on this path, but it is still your responsibility. This guy was hired by WWE eight times. Yeah. And he screwed it up every single time. He never worked for the company for more than four years. And his second longest run was, I think, a year and a half. Yeah. And think if he just got cleaned up before one of those runs, he was able to make it. I think I I, I stopped following wrestling after his, uh, the new rocker one. Cause I remember watching that. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Right. Like I didn't know what was going on behind the scenes, but yeah, that was, I think that's where I was like, yeah, his career. was ended. Mm -hmm. But, but I mean, it's, it really shows like how even in spite of your best efforts, you know, yeah. addiction is a scary fucking thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's the most scary um, thing in the world. And, and, and I guess that's really the takeaway. Really. I guess the ultimate takeaway from all of this is don't be Marty Jannetty. And that is that I feel like is his legacy, whether it's being thrown through a plate glass window by Shawn Michaels Yep. Or it's being mocked for being the worst tag team partner by the Miz, or yep. if it's 
accusing yourself of murdering someone and outing yourself as having the hots for maybe your biological daughter and making weird Facebook posts where you post pictures of yourself covered in cocaine in all walks of life. Just don't be Marty Genetti. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and it leaves me with sort of an empty feeling, but I, but I mean, that is the feeling that the legacy of some pro wrestlers leaves you with. That's the dark side of the business. It's the dark it side is. of the ring. Because, like, you know, you, you watch them as kids. For me, speaking for myself, I'm not mm-hmm. sure about you guys, but, like, they, they're heroes. Like, you know, like, real-life heroes compared next to, like, comic books and stuff like that. And it's just really, yeah. really depressing to hear, you know, how yeah, I didn't, their life is gone. I, I'll be honest. Um, I probably would have sanitized this more if I knew that you knew actually nothing about what happened to marty yeah um so i'm kind of sorry for ruining marty Janetti for you no My it's, hurts. it's yeah it's but like, i i it is life it is it is life yeah um la vie. uh but hey if 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 nothing matt do you have any any takeaways from the marty Janetti story I, it's it's a story as tragic and old as time and i just hope that he serves as an example for young wrestlers to not do the things that lead to, you know, the life altering destruction that followed these other performers throughout yeah. their careers and that they, um, they, that they are, are happy. And I'm really glad that I go to Dungeons and shows that are happy. <laughs> um, and I'm glad that that was at least part of this episode, because otherwise I think I might just have, like, gone to bed. I would have been, like, <laughs> devastated. Yep. Yeah. remember, it, well, you know, at least Marty Janetti's don't happen today, because if they did, they're called Velveteen Dreams instead. Ooh. <laughs> oh, but hey, guys, you should at least feel good. Moving on from this episode in whatever walk of life you're in, because if you get fired from your job the first time, you might get hired for a second try. And if you get fired a second time, mm-hmm. you might get mm-hmm. hired for a third. And if true. it doesn't work out the third time, maybe the fourth time is going to do it. But it obviously doesn't sometimes, in which nope. case you need the fifth time to oh. be the one oh. and that could also be a mistake which nope, means yep. that it's the sixth time oh. the <laughs> mistake one as well oh. we're gonna pretend like that didn't happen which means <laughs> the seventh time oh. is not yeah, your time that. so you're just gonna ask to leave because ultimately we, oh. the oh. eighth time, time. Double He's still up. not going to be the charm oh. at that point because no, you really so... should have made it work when the fourth times the charm. Good night and good morning. Forever underground Instagram YouTube. I'm depressed. This oh, is man, I hope this would cheer you up. This is I'm used to this. Check you out later. Ben, did you watch Subspecies?
Oh God, oh, I watched Subspace. Oh, we'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it next week. No, no, no. We'll talk about it next week. We're talking. Oh, and are we talking about Dagon as well? Next week is next week is Stuart Gordon's third Lovecraftian film besides the full the full moon pictures one, which is Dagon. Ben's, Dagon. <laughs> uh, Ben's Ben's movie this week is the one and only Mirror Mask. Yes. Um, and we, all of us will be watching that one and talking about it a little bit next week because I love that movie and I've recently fallen back and deep in love with it and realized that it truly does sit at the top of my list of my childhood favorites. And maybe it maybe takes a place on my top my top three of all time. Wow. Ooh, that's uh yeah, I wouldn't say that, but I would say it is one of my favorites as well. well let's hope it's better than subspecies. <laughs> Talk to y'all later. Talk to y'all later. Oh, oh, oh.